Good morning, good morning, good morning. It is summer, which means it is relaxed time. It is so fun. Summer is the best time of year, is it not? I, I believe it is. It's one of my favorite times of year. In fact, besides Christmas, I can't think of anything I enjoy more than June and July. This, this warm, long days, lots of daylight. Uh, even yesterday, I don't know about you, but I could enjoy yesterday. It was raining here, but it was one of those summer rains where if you were in there, I sat on the porch and watched the summer rain. It was one of those rains where it was like, man, if it's raining, who cares? I'll just walk in it. Like it was that good to be alive yesterday. I don't know if you're with me on that, but some of you enjoy your boating. Maybe you got out and did some fishing this week. You got out on the boat and you just relaxed and you got away from the world and you turned your cell phone off and maybe you even tempted to throw it in the lake, but you didn't do that, but you kept it. Uh, maybe some of you are on the golf course. Maybe some of you are hanging out with family, doing some grill outs, doing some fun stuff. Maybe you went to an amusement park. I don't know what your summer fun looks like, but summer is the best. And here's what we've been asking last week and this week. Here's a kind of big question we're trying to ask is, what if we could just find the best parts of summer and take them with us? Wouldn't that, wouldn't that be great if we could just figure out how to take what the best parts of that summer is and we could take it forward in our life? Because, we, listen, we know this. Even, even some of you are like, man, summer's just not that relaxing to me. My job cranks up and I got to do this and I got to run to do this. And just getting things together for the family and planning a vacation and, and making sure the boat's cleaned. and make, This is a lot of work, so it's, yeah, I get to relax, but it's not that relaxing. Come on, don't overplay it. And here's what I would say. What, what if you could just take the best parts of summer? The best parts of relaxing and hanging out with your family and friends or, or just that feeling of relaxedness that you have. I don't know if that's a word or not, but just, just being out in the, just being okay with life. What if you could take that with you and use it all year long? Like even the stress of work, what if it couldn't get to you because you had little pieces of summer with you? That's where we're kind of going this, this series. That's what we're trying to figure out. That's what we're trying to, to kind of snap into. So here's, here's where we, last week we talked about joy. And if you missed last week, basically the idea was this, that, hey, there's a way to keep joy with you all year long. And you should go back and listen to that message to get the full effect. But today we're going to talk about rest, how to take rest with you. Because some of you are like, oh, man. I definitely need some rest. That's why I am hurrying through the next couple weeks because vacation is coming and I'm about to relax out on the beach under my umbrella. It's good. I know, you're all thinking about it. Listen, here, here's what I want you to know. You, you want that time because your life is so, so busy already, isn't it? Like you, your, your life is so hurried. Let me, let me walk you through big picture how our life is hurried. Just, just pull back and think about big picture for a second. When you're, when you're starting high school, you, you so want to hurry up and get to 16, you can't hardly wait until you get to be 16 and you get freedom of driving yourself around. Mom and dad don't have to take you anywhere. You can drive wherever you want. And then you're like, I cannot wait until I get to 18. 18, I'll be an adult. I can make my own decisions. Mom and dad can't tell me what to do. I can't wait to get 21. You guys know why? I, I can't. And then something stops around 21 and 22 and 23, and everybody's like, I don't want to get any older. I just want to stay here. Believe me, those are good years. Stay there as long as you can. But you know what you start hurrying toward? A career. Oh, I got to find my perfect career. I got to find that thing that, that just fills me up and I love, and I get paid a lot of money, and I, I get to do what I love with the people I love. And then, I, and then you got to hurry up and find the person you're going to marry and spend the rest of your life with. And you just hurry through that. Oh, man, why can't I find everybody else is getting married? And you get through the hurry through that, and then you hurry through and find a child. i got to get a child. i got to get a child. Everybody else is getting a child. i got a child. i got a kid. And then you can hurry up and you get that kid, and you're like, oh, my gosh, i got to hurry up and get this kid out of diapers. 
we got to get past diapers. Hurry up and get past diapers. And then you, hurry, then you get in that questioning phase, and you're like, when are the questions going to stop? Can they stop asking questions? We're just driving along, and it's questions, 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 questions. Questions! I need to stop the questions. Please hurry past. Can we hurry past the teenage phase of not listening to anything I say? It's like I don't even belong. It's like I don't, even, I don't have anything to do with their life, or they don't, they don't listen to me. I'm their parent. I know what they need. Why can't we hurry past that? Why can't we hurry up and get them a job? Because I am watching them live with me way too long. Can we get them out of the basement? Can we get... Can we hurry up? Can I hurry up and get to retirement? I got to get me some retirement. I've been working 30, 40 years. I got to get retirement. I don't know what you look for past retirement, but we hurry through life, don't we? We just hurry, hurry. Oh man, I just can't wait to the next phase. We are in a hurry to get somewhere. Think about your daily hurry. You are such in a hurry, probably driving here. You got behind that person and you were like, oh my gosh, I'm going to be late to church because of this grandma. Right? I'm going to be late because, you, and you know, guys, you can go and you do this. It's got to be a woman. It's got to be a woman driving in front of me. Guys, don't act like you don't say it. You do. You're in such a hurry. You're like, that person can't drive. Get off the road. Those of you who went to the store yesterday to go grocery shopping, or maybe you're going this afternoon, you know what you'll do? You'll do that whole thing where you'll start analyzing the line as you come down with your cart and you act like you're not big. Oh, it's okay. You go in front of me and you're looking four, three, two, three. Okay. No, no, no. The four is actually moving faster. The cashier, I know them. They're better. Like that's how, that's how bad it is, right? You're in such a hurry. Hurry, hurry, hurry. To what? And here's what I would say. Jesus tells us to rest. And I think the antithesis of your hurry is a rest that you don't really think about or understand yet. And that's why I want to look at Jesus. Even if, listen, even if you don't believe that Jesus was who we think he is, I believe Jesus is God and that he came down, died on the cross, came back to life. Even if you don't believe any of that story, even if you think that's total mythology. Listen, today the lesson that Jesus is going to teach us is for everybody in the room. Because I think, especially in American culture, we have missed the mark on what rest really looks like and how it should empower our work. So let's start in and just to kind of take a listen to this because here's the thing. Jesus was a busy guy. You see, you're probably thinking Jesus, oh, Jesus, because Jesus, he was laid back. He didn't have to really do anything. He was just healing people and hanging out at the lake and on the boat and fishing with his disciples. And he didn't have, Listen, Jesus was very busy. You read the Gospels and Jesus was always doing something. Jesus was often busy, but he was never hurried. You ever think about that? You read, back through the, you read back through Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, those Gospels that, that, that account for his life, those biographies of his life, and you look it back and see how busy Jesus was and how he was never in a hurry. And we're going to look at that today because I think there's some truth for you. That there's a part of summer you can take with you, and it is rest. It is peace. It's something you can pull forward into your life. In fact, you can do it today and you can get it tomorrow. If you'll just follow a simple plan, that Jesus lays out for us. Well, let's jump into something and learn a little bit about Jesus here. When Jesus had again crossed over by boat to the other side of the lake, a large crowd gathered around him while he was by the lake. Now this happened, what I didn't read before this, is that Jesus had already been around a large crowd. He had just got done being in a large crowd, and he was going to get away from the large crowd by getting in a boat and crossing over to the other side of the lake. But when he gets to the other side of the lake, what happens? A large crowd has formed on the other side of the lake around Jesus, because Jesus was so popular at this time. He was healing people. He was saying things that people were like, yes, that's the truth. Oh my gosh, that's what I've been thinking. I've been praying for that. I, I've been looking for a way out of that, and you, and you gave it to me. And he was so popular, people just crowded to him. Large crowds came to him by the lake. Go to that next verse. Then one of the synagogue leaders named Jairus came, and when he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet. 
He pleaded earnestly with him, my little daughter is dying. Now listen, I want you to think about the scene here. I've been on a boat. We don't know how long it took to cross the lake. Maybe they did a quick row and it was 30 minutes to an hour. Maybe they took their time rowing across the lake and just enjoying the the nice weather and got across and maybe it took a couple of hours. But they get across and again, there's this crowd, right? And they've had this little break and now there's a large crowd and people are just crowded. And listen, don't think it was like some uh, nice crowd. This is a crowd like this is Black Friday crowd. This is like, oh, Jesus, Jesus, my grandma needs you. Hey, Jesus, Jesus, I got a foot problem. I got a corn. You want to take care of my corn? Like, he's got all kinds of people. I don't know if they asked for corn healing. I don't know. That was just something through in there. I don't, maybe whoever, listen, whoever was there wasn't there just to kind of hang out and watch. They all wanted to get close to Jesus. They wanted something from him. And so in the midst of this large crowd that gathers a synagogue leader, and that's exactly what you think of. Just think of the synagogue was the kind of a place, a central place of the community of worship. And this leader, Jairus, falls down at Jesus' feet, pleading, begging, Jesus, my daughter is dying. And so listen, Jesus in the middle of this whole crowd, he makes a decision, right? He's a busy guy. I got lots of people I could see. I got lots of things going on. I got lots of choices here. There's plenty of things for me to choose from. It's not like I've just got one guy needing me. I got a bunch of people needing me. I'm busy. I got a line of people waiting to be healed. And then he says this, please come and put your hands on her so that she will be healed, Jesus, and live. So Jesus went with him and a large crowd followed and pressed around him. And get the scene again, right? you got this large crowd who've come to view him, and then this important guy, a synagogue leader, down on his knees begging for help. And Jesus says, okay, Jairus, I'll come help you. And when they're on their way to Jairus' house, everybody crowds around Jesus and presses around him. You've been pressed by a crowd? You've been pressed in by a crowd? You've ever been in a crowd of people where you just get uncomfortable? You're like, oh, I, I got to get, get out. Dude, when I, when I run in 5Ks, and the three that I've run in, okay, I can't stand to be in the front and be crowded. So I start out on an edge. I don't care which edge. But I sprint the first 150 yards so I'm not crowded because I'm scared to death of being in the middle of a crowd and being pressed and being tripped up. And listen, I don't know about you, but Jesus had some very important business to take care of here. There was a girl dying. And this crowd, I don't know why he didn't have a come-to-Jesus moment with them right there. You ever had a come-to-Jesus moment? You know what I'm talking about? If you're from the South, you know what a come-to-Jesus moment is. Your coach has probably given you a come-to-Jesus moment. It's like that point in practice when you know nobody's giving their all, and the coach is like, oh, we'll blow the whistle, stop everything. Or the teacher in the classroom slams the book down on the desk, and it's that big boom. And, or your mom is just, she's fed up, and that last can of green beans goes in the counter. Boom! And everybody's like, oh, come-to-Jesus moment. Like, right? And everybody gets like real scared. Why didn't he just like look at the crowd and be like, whoa, 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 stop, everybody! I got to get somewhere. This person needs to be healed. And here you are crowding around me, pressing around me. Give me some space. I got to walk here. What's wrong with you people? I'm going to go heal this little girl. Didn't you hear? He was down on his knees begging. She's dying. Can you back up? Can you back up? Jesus didn't do that. That would have been cool if he had. Because it had made us all feel better about ourselves, right? Because what happens when we get busy? What happens when we got a mission? What happens when we get on task? What happens when we got people pressing around us? You know what we get? We get in a hurry. Oh, yeah, we better get to Jairus' house and get this done. Let's go, let's go. Jesus wasn't like that. Jesus didn't stop and blow up on him. Why? Why didn't Jesus have a moment where he just gets fed up with what's going on here? Why didn't he get 
unnerved by the crowd and the amount of stuff that could be done. Why doesn't he get busy, busy, busy? Come on, why not get busy? Jesus, you got plenty to do. Why not get out of control? Here's what Jesus understood, I think, that we don't understand. See, Jesus understood that there was a rhythm to work and rest. Jesus was all about that rhythm of work and rest. He knew that rest and work weren't apart. They were together. And see, we don't think that way about rest, do we? See, we want rest to get away from work. We want rest to avoid something. We want rest to put things behind us. And Jesus says, no, 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 that's not the way it works. Rest and work are intertwined. Rest and work are together. There's a rhythm to rest and work. And he tried to teach his disciples this. So I want to back up in Mark in chapter 3 and show you some of this rhythm that he tried to teach his disciples. In Mark chapter 3, he says this, Jesus withdrew with his disciples to the lake, and a large crowd from Galilee followed. Listen, this is how he got to the lake and got all these crowds around him. They followed him from town. He left town, went to the lake to try to get away from the crowds. He said, come on, guys, let's go out to the lake. So if you've ever had that feeling like, man, I just got to get away. I got to get away with my friends. We got to get out on the lake. We got to go boating. Jesus would be like, I am with you. I believe Jesus would probably own a pontoon. I think he would. He'd be on the lake a lot, getting away from people. Not so he could get away from it all. There's something different going on here. Look what it says just a few verses later. Listen, they got away, went to the lake to get away from him. Look at a few verses later in that same chapter. Jesus went up on a mountainside and called to him those he wanted, and they came to him. You ever want to just get away with a couple buddies, a couple girlfriends? You ever want to just go to Nashville and go shopping with the girls? Like, I just got to get away from the busyness of stuff, and I, gotta, I just got to... Listen, Jesus would love that. Jesus did that. He, he couldn't get away from on the lake, so he went up on the mountainside and said, fine, if y'all want to come follow me, come, up, come on up, climb up. But here's who I'm inviting. I'm inviting my closest buddies up. We're going to spend some time on the mountain together. Listen, some of you feel guilty for getting away from work. Some of you feel guilty for, for trying to rest. Some of you feel really guilty leaving the work with the people while you're gone for a week. Some of you feel really guilty for taking a, a Saturday off. And you work on your days off. You take vacation, but you still work. Some of you haven't figured out this rhythm that Jesus seems to be trying to teach. It's like, hey, there's, there's, a, there's a rhythm to this. There's something going on here I want you to notice. Look what he says in this, ne- this next part. In Mark 4, next chapter. That day when evening came, he said to his disciples, let us go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. Like they left it all, they left it all back there. They left the crowd behind. They went together and did something together. Look at this last one. I love this one. And then Jesus, then because so many people were coming and going, that they did not even have a chance to eat. Like, we got, we're so busy, we can't even get lunch. He said to them, come with me by yourselves to a quiet place. Now listen, some of you have also used rest as an excuse You've seen rest as a way to get out of doing things. Like you actually procrastinate work that's really, really important, but you take some time off and you, and you play it off and say, well, I've just, I've just needed a break. It's been so busy lately. And you're trying to escape work. You're trying to escape important things. You're trying to escape things with your family. Listen, Jesus didn't do either one of those things. 
Jesus wasn't interested in rest as a way to escape and get away from, and he wasn't using it as an excuse. Instead, Jesus was able to do this. See, Jesus was able to rest at work because he had already rested from work. Did you catch that? See, Jesus was at rest at work because he had already rested from work. See, for him, rest was a way to re-engage his life. Rest was a way for him to re-acclimate to what important work he had to do. Rest wasn't just to get away from everything and, and forget about it. Rest was a way to realign his brain, his mind, his heart, his soul on what was most important. And so many of you, you'll head to vacation. Maybe you've been on vacation and it didn't do any good. Not because you weren't away from stuff, because you never took the time to find the true rest you needed in your heart and your mind and your soul. Instead, you just got away. So here's, here's what I want to challenge you with. Are you able to rest at work because you've rested from work? How, how would it look like to do that? Let me, let me give you an idea about what it could look like. Because I don't know, we don't know exactly what Jesus did every time he got away. We don't know what he did with his disciples all the time. We do know there's a couple times when Jesus said, hey, come away. And he told them about what was going to happen to him and what his death would look like. And he, he told them, hey, I'm going to die. They're going to do this to me. And they didn't believe him. And sometimes he took them away and he, he took questions. Hey, what questions you got? And they were like, how do you pray? And he was like, let me tell you how to pray. And sometimes they walked away from the crowd and they just rested together. But I believe that when Jesus got away alone, he was doing something that we often forget to do. And we don't take the time to do because it takes time. And for us... Vacation and rest, we're supposed to be getting away from all that stuff. I shouldn't be doing anything, but Jesus, no, 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 no. There's something important for you to do. You guys pull up that box with the value on it. See, I think he was getting away and looking at his calendar and his meetings and the direction he was heading and the work he was doing and the family he was around and the friends he was around and his heart, and he was trying to figure out how to keep those aligned with his values, his deepest values. See, I think he got away not so he could forget but so he could realign. His rest, the greatest rest, was not just a physical one, but it was a mental and a spiritual one. It was one that said, hey, are the things that I'm into and the things I'm doing, are they truly, truly, truly matching up with what I'm supposed to be doing? Are the meetings that I have this week, are they really aligned with the why of my life? Are the things I'm doing with my family this summer, are they truly aligned with what I want to build in the relationships with those people? Is my own heart kind of messed up about how work feels right now? Do I need to realign my heart with something because it's just off and it doesn't feel right? Who's taking that time in their busy schedule to rest like that? Jesus did. And that's why when he was at work, he was still at rest in the middle of the stress and the crowd because he knew why he was there, and he knew what was most important, and he didn't get knocked off course by the busy schedule in front of him. He was able to focus. He's able to see. He was able to live. That's what many of us have forgotten. See, we think living is getting done with our to-do list and producing something and getting this done so we can then rest. And Jesus is like, no, 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 live. 
Work is part of it. Work is part of your living. It's all together. It's a rhythm of life. And those of you who are believers, listen, you've forgotten this, and that's why some of your joy and your peace is gone. Because you've been so focused and so hurried in life and trying to get these things done. I've been quoting John Ortberg a lot lately, but his book, The Life You've Always Wanted, is so good at saying some of the things that I think about. I want to show you this quote. He says, For many of us, the great danger is not that we will renounce our faith. It is that we will become so distracted and rushed and preoccupied that we will settle for a mediocre version of it. We will just skim our lives instead of actually living them. Listen, if you're a person of faith and you're trying to follow Jesus and you feel like you're in a hurry, then you may have missed it. Because your life should be defined by your rest in the middle of these really, really tough situations, just like Jesus's was. And if you've forgotten what that feels like and what it looks like, listen, the best thing you could do this afternoon is to clear your schedule and go take a nap and maybe recharge your body. Because some of you can't even think through what needs to be done tomorrow because your brain is so tired, you haven't slept enough, and you can't go to sleep at night because you're worried about your finances, and you can't even rest until it gets put into place and everything is done. Listen, the best thing you might be able to do is just to pull away for just a little while and rest. And then rest in a different way. Rest by realigning who you are to what's most important. So I want, to, I want to pull you back into the story where Jesus is heading with this crowd to the, the daughter of Jairus. And I want to put you back in this story because something else happens that I think is, oh man, it, it just hits me so hard in the chest to think about it. But Jesus is on his way to do a very important thing. And he's going to heal the synagogue leader's daughter and he is pressed around by a crowd. And yes, it's stressful and it's busy and there's lots of other things to do. But so let's pick up the story where we left off. The crowd was pressing around him. And a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. And when she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak. People pressing around Jesus, pressing around him, walking, trying to keep up with him, staying right close with him. You can just see him in the middle of this crowd pressing. This lady who's been suffering from a bleeding disease has heard that Jesus is coming through. And man, she's just going to try and get up behind him and just maybe touch his cloak. Why? Why would you? What, what, that's weird. Next verse. Because she thought, if I just touch his clothes, I will be healed. And immediately, her bleeding stopped. And she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. Whoa, whoa. Jesus on his way to heal somebody, heals somebody who doesn't even stop and talk to him. Like they just touched it. Listen, you may not believe in miracles. Okay, that's fine. But stick with me in this story for a second. Just be, be in this moment for a second. This lady didn't want to interrupt the crowd. The crowd was pressing around him. She probably couldn't even get in front of him to talk to him, to stop him. She thought, well, maybe if I could just touch his clothes. And it works. It's unbelievable, right? Look at this next part. At once, Jesus realized that power had gone out from him. And he turned around in the crowd and asked, who touched my clothes? That's right. I mean, am I right? This is laughable. You've been in a crowd at Walmart, right? You've been Black Friday shopping. Who touched me? Well, the crowd did. And that's exactly what Jesus' disciples said. 
This is why I believe that Mark was telling the truth, because nobody would tell this story unless it was the truth. Look what his disciples say. Next verse. You see the people crowding against you, his disciples answered, and yet you can ask, who touched me? Right? Like Jesus, like the crowd was around you. Somebody touched you. And Jesus is like, yeah, but somebody touched me. We're like, no, no, all these people, they're crowding around you. They were pressed around you. It's a crowd, Jesus. That's what happens. Are you a prima donna? Do you you want to clear the crowd for you? Jesus is like, no, no. Look at this next verse, 32. But Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. Now wait, Jesus, you're on your way to heal a girl who is dying. Why are you stopping in the middle of a crowd to ask who touched me? You're too busy for this. Jesus, we have something to be, we've got something to go do. You want to you move on? Because there's lots of people waiting to be healed, but you're going to Jairus' house, so let's get that done. Let's go check that off the list. There's probably other people who deserve to be healed today, Jesus. Let's get it moving, man. What's the problem? Who touched me? Jesus wasn't in a hurry. Jesus didn't have a, an agenda he had to get done that day. He was busy and he had a focus, but something stopped him. And he allowed it to stop him because he had been at rest and he was so rested, he knew why he was going. He wasn't just going to heal people, not just their physical ailments. And can you imagine being this lady in this moment? This lady who's, who, who just got healed by touching a, a piece of clothing? And then the guy stops the whole crowd who's going to this guy's house and he stops and says, who touched me? Like you wouldn't be like a little bit afraid to speak up? Me? I mean, who, what are you going to say? I just want to touch your clothes. That's weird. But he, he stops and she's got to say something. So here's what the next verse says. Then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, she knew. She knew that touching him had done it. Came and fell at his feet and trembling with fear told him the whole truth. I, I, for 12 years, I've dealt with the bleeding. No doctors could help me. No, nothing ever helped. And I just, I, I really, I never thought if I could just touch your clothes and I didn't know how to stop you. I don't want to prevent you from doing important work. You have this important guy you're following. He's, he's a leader in our community and I know his daughter's sick and I, I've seen you sick and just, just keep moving. You don't have to pay attention to me. It's no big deal. It's no big deal. I'll just touch your clothes and I'm healed. I'm healed. Whoa. There's more here than a physical healing, isn't there? Here's this important man who's asked Jesus to go, and he goes. But then here's this nobody who believes if she can just touch him, she'll be healed. Jesus knew this was somebody worth talking to, even if it was just for a minute. Because I'm not in a hurry. I can rest in this. Look at this last verse. He said to her, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. Wait a minute, she's already been freed from her suffering. She's been healed. She knows her body's been healed. No, no, no. What do you think about the other suffering that she has had from this? This bleeding disease that keeps her from being around people? This bleeding disease that in her culture makes her unclean to touch that nobody can touch? You can picture her in the crowd, people being like, ooh, back off, back off, and she's able to get to Jesus and touch his clothes because they're not going to touch her. She's got the bleeding disease. And Jesus, because He can pause his day, notices someone who needs to be noticed. And he wasn't thrown off by this unexpected touch. Because he was at rest. He was at peace. 
And he knew why his work was important. Here's what I think. I think when we finally rest from our work, we can fully engage in God's work. I think we are so, so caught off guard by our hurried life that we miss the chance to engage with God in the work He's doing in the lives of the people around us because we never break away from our work to rest and realign. And instead, we continue to ignore and hurry and move past really important moments in our day because we have no idea. Because I've got a to-do list. I've got things that have to be done today. I've got people to see. I've got, this, I've got this work, this job, this thing. I get it. But what if you walk into work tomorrow and you can tell on the face of the admin, secretary, person in the front, whoever it is, and on her face or his face, it's just a sign of, man, my weekend didn't go well. You're going to notice? Will you be too busy to notice the person at lunch who's sitting there alone? Will you be too busy to notice your kid's question, the deep question they have, or will you be so into what you're doing on the computer or on your phone or, or making dinner that you just kind of wave them off and be like, yeah, 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 here's the answer, go on, move on. Or did you just forget to answer the real question they have? What about the, the ailing family member you have who keeps sending you those texts or leaving you voicemail messages? Listen, Yes, you need a break from taking care of other people. Jesus showed you that. There is a rhythm to rest and work. But listen, if your rest is to get away, then you've missed it. But if your rest is to realign your heart around what's really important, then you will gain something that you never thought you could have. You can have rest at work. You can have the rest your mind needs in the middle of that family situation that's way out of control. You can have the rest that you've been wanting in the middle of that financial crisis because you get away not to just get away. You get away to realign, to look at your real values, to take a minute to stop and pause and remember what's really, really important. And then when you've done that, you're able to go back to your work and go back to your crisis and live inside this pressed crowd Because you know why you're here. And you know what you're supposed to do. Even if you don't have all the answers. Here's what I challenge for you to do this. I know this doesn't make sense, but practically here's how it can work. Listen, you can each day take a simple moment of vacation, of summer, no matter what time of year it is. Take a few minutes at night. Put your phone away. Sit down and ask yourself one question. Did I pay attention to the people in my life today? That'll tell you if you're at rest or not. Because if you couldn't pay attention to the people in your life, then you were too hurried and you weren't at rest. And then, every few weeks, you know what you do? You find some time to do something that you really truly enjoy. Get away from it all. Find, Find a time to do that. And then when that's done and you feel good and you kind of feel energized and, man, it was good to get away and do that, then stop and ask yourself, is my next week aligned with what's most important? Am I really on target? And then, listen, every few months, take a whole day 
Like, take a whole day to, maybe you love going out on the lake. Go out on the lake. Go for a whole day. Yeah, but I got to get the yard mowed. Okay, fine. Love mowing the yard. If you love mowing the yard, go mow the yard. I, I, I really like cleaning the house. Okay, take the whole day to clean the house and don't stop. Just keep going. Just keep going. Just keep going. Do whatever it is. Listen, do what it is. Take a whole day to just spend some time thinking about, is my life on target? How's the last three months been? Have I, have I been doing what's most important? Have I been engaged? Have I been fully engaged and fully alive where I need to be fully alive? Is there anything I've been missing? And what in the next few minutes might knock me off course? What do I need to be aware of? Is there a big project coming at work? Is there, is there a big bill due? Is there a, a family get-together that's stressing me out? What do I need to be aware of so that I can stay in this summertime rest? Because that's what it takes. And I believe that's what Jesus did. So that when he was at work, he wasn't busy. He wasn't hurried. He was focused and on target. And while he did a lot of work, he never let it pull him away from the most important things. Let me pray for us. God, I thank you today for this idea of rest, that you have given us a rhythm of work and rest and rest and work, that even at work we can be at rest, and, and even while we're resting, we can even be thinking about work, but not pulled away from what's most important. And God, I pray that you would help us to realign our hearts and our minds, our souls, and who we are on a regular basis. Not so we can get away from stuff, so we don't have to do things, so we can procrastinate, but God, so we come back, we are fully engaged and fully alive. God, help us to realize this and help us to put into practice today. In your son's name I pray it, amen.